welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today I'm chatting with Whitney Bousman, a registered nurse, full-time mom to her two children, and author to her book, Partly Sunny. We're here doling out no-nonsense pregnancy and parenting advice. We've both worked with hundreds of people and have condensed all that we've learned to bring you simple, practical, and immediate advice for preventing parenting conundrums. Today, Whitney and I are talking about motherhood. There are certain expectations that women have when we first become pregnant on what motherhood will actually be like. Then, once we hold our brand new little babies, reality hits. Stay tuned as we break down motherhood, expectations versus realities. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We have Whitney here. And Whitney, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Nina. I'm just excited to be here and excited to chat with you. Oh, same here. Yes. So Whitney, please introduce yourself to our listeners. We want to know all about you and what inspired you to write this book and what inspired you to tell moms the the real truth when it comes to motherhood. Sure, sure. So hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm glad that you're here. As Nina said, my name is Whitney Bowsman. I am a mom to two and just have a crazy little household over here, but I love every minute of it. As Nina mentioned, I am a nurse. I actually graduated with my bachelor's degree in nursing about 10 years ago. I did practice as a nurse for several years. And then after having my children, I decided to make a transition and become a full-time stay-at-home mom, which I have been doing for about the past 18 months. Now, my husband, Jonathan, and I, we have been married for almost 10 years. Um, He is actually a network engineer, and so he is just my greatest supporter and my biggest fan. He was super encouraging for me to write this book, so it's just been a, a great adventure to have him along. But with him, I have two children, as I mentioned. Clark is four years old, and he just started preschool, so that's been kind of fun to watch him learn and grow and create new friendships. And then Annie is two and a half. And she, some exciting things with her, just finished teething and just potty trained for us. So bye-bye teething and bye-bye diapers. That's pretty cool, right? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> You're finally yeah. done with those yeah. big ones. Woohoo! I, I know. And I didn't really enjoy the teething thing at all in this household. So I'm super <laughs> glad to see that gone. But yeah, so with a four-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old, as you can imagine, we're, we're pretty busy. We have a pretty active little household over here, but life is good. And it was when I transitioned from working full-time to being a full-time stay-at-home mom that I was like, you know what? I have some experiences that I want to share. I have some things that I want to, you know, jot down here, not only for my children, you know, when they get older, because I'm probably not going to remember all of this stuff when they get to the to the age that they're going to need these things. But there, there were just things that I wanted to share about how I had like these picture perfect expectations of what, you know, becoming a mom was going to look like. And when it actually happened, when I actually found myself in that place, don't get me wrong, I loved it so much and I loved my baby so much. But there was just a lot of stuff that I wasn't anticipating too. And a lot of that caught me by surprise. 
I have a mom and two sisters that I'm really, really close with. And as I tell everyone, my sisters are crazy and a half because they have like a million kids just between the two of them. (laughs) So you would have thought, you know, with having these close relationships and, you know, being around new moms and babies, you know, for so much of my life that I would have known what it was going to look like. And I still found myself, you know, just, just being really surprised with a lot of it. So I wanted to write these things down and I wanted to just encourage new moms, especially to be real with themselves, to be okay with feeling what you feel and sharing it so that you don't feel like a bad mom and so that you don't feel alone. Totally. And I'm so glad that you brought that up, that even you being around your sisters and your mom having all of you, you only saw the highlight reel. You only got to see when everyone was dressed up and on their best behavior, but late nights, early mornings, tantrums, you know, teething, all of that, you missed it. And we always see the highlight reel, especially on social media. I feel like yeah. everyone has like their picture perfect life and we don't get to see the struggles that everyone goes through and really shedding that light on, you know what, motherhood, it is amazing and wonderful and so rewarding, but there are times when it can just scare the crap out of you and it can be yes. hard and be like, oh my gosh, what did I just get myself into? Yeah. And not realize that you're not alone feeling those feelings and you're not a bad mom for feeling those feelings is so important. And that's when reading your book and we haven't said the full title of it, it's partly sunny and honest and humorous look at the first weeks of bringing home a newborn. And it really is funny, but I will say if you're pregnant, it might scare the crap out of you because it is so honest and real. But at the same time, once you have a little one, you relate to it. When I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I had those moments when even, yes, there are bright days and wonderful moments, but there are also dark ones. And just being able to read your story and read what you have gone through and sharing that when you finally kind of let it all hang out with your family, like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Am I the only one out here that actually is having a hard time? And they said, oh my gosh, no, every day we have these, these thoughts and these struggles too. It's just liberating to feel like you have that community. (laughs) For sure. Like what I found myself saying, because, you know, as I mentioned, I did find myself in some surprising situations or with some surprising feelings or, you know, experiences as a new mom. It's just like you said, I went back to my mom and sisters then when I finally, you know, felt brave enough to do so. And I was like, guys, you know, was this hard for you in this way? Did you struggle with breastfeeding in this way? Did you struggle with this in this way? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, certainly. And I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me this? And, you know, what you said, I think is so important, Nina. I'm not trying to scare anyone because if all I'm doing with this book is just scaring the crap out of you, then I'm, I'm doing new moms a disservice because for all of the things that are scary and for all of the things that are messy and all of the things that are hard, there is so much more good. But I felt like ultimately I would have enjoyed that good stuff even more had somebody just gotten real with me. Yeah, prepared you for those messy moments. Yes, yes. Like, I think if you anticipate them and prepare for them just a little bit more, then, you know, nothing catches you by surprise (laughs) when you're dripping and leaking and all of that stuff. Oh, gosh, yes. That's amen to that. And as you say that, let's just jump right into it because (laughs) let's 
talk about the expectations versus realities when it comes to birth and motherhood, because I think we all have these thoughts. So the Mm -hmm. thoughts after giving birth, the first days with your newborn, your expectations versus realities. What were your expectations, Whitney, when you thought, oh, I'm going to have a baby? What were your expectations? For sure. When I, you know, found out that I was expecting the first time, it was so exciting. I walked into it thinking that I was going to always find it awesome. Being a mom is amazing. This is the best thing that I have ever done. This is all I've ever wanted to do. You know, everything is just coming so easily to me. This is so natural. I was made for this. And Quite frankly, I thought that I was going to be like leaving the hospital ready for number two already. (laughs) I think everyone feels that way. I felt even myself, like I work with tons of moms and I was like, you know what? I know all of this stuff. I'm going to feel so good and prepared, but I knew it was going to be hard. But even when you bring home that baby, you're like, man, I don't get I don't get to clock out. Like whenever I do an overnight shift for 12 hours for a family, I get to clock out, go home, take a nap. No, 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 not this time. (laughs) It is the long haul. I'm in it to win it. (laughs) But but what are the realities? Like when, when you brought your baby home, like those are the expectations. And yes, there are moments when you do feel like that. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And this is everything that I wanted. But There are also some moments that hit you and you're like, oh, I wasn't prepared. What were those moments of reality that kind of shocked you? What were those thoughts? Right. For sure, without a doubt, there was never, ever a question in my mind that I loved Clark and that I loved my baby. But to be super, super honest, there were moments even pretty early on where I just thought that parenthood in general and just the experience that my body had been through was kind of awful. I thought, you know, that it was way more exhausting than I had expected. And instead of thinking that everything was the best, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. Why do people do this? And the one thing that I thought, which kind of really icked me out as a new mom, as you might expect, I, I, there was even a moment where I thought, oh my gosh, why did I do this? Why did I get myself into this? Just because, like I said, I, I didn't expect all that I had suddenly, you know, been given, been dealt. That's so true. That's so true. And even though I want to tell listeners out there, like, even though you will have those moments of feeling, because I had those moments too. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never having another baby again. I'm exhausted. (laughs) I knew this was going to hurt. I knew that I was going to be, you know, recovering, but oh my gosh, this is on another level. (laughs) And then guess what? You decided to sign up again, like pretty quickly soon after. So obviously, (laughs) I mean, it can be hard, but it's, it's totally worth it because you 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 signed up on purpose for a second time, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And I think I think just knowing that again, it goes back to like if I had known and anticipated and prepared for just some of the challenges, you know, some of the mess, some of the struggle, I think that I would have been, you know, uh, it would have been a little bit easier for me to adapt to. But the thing is, and I will say this time and time again to all of the new parents and all of the new moms, especially that are listening out there, it, it's quite a mountain to climb in the beginning because your body has just been through so much and you have all of these hormonal fluctuations and you're sleep deprived. It's, it's a huge mountain. 
But <laughs> there is another side of that mountain. And once you get to the peak and you can see the view and you can enjoy and celebrate your body for what it's done and you can, you know, just look at that baby and all that you've accomplished and you start to, you know, kind of come out of that fog a little bit, it's so worth all of that struggle. My kids are very close together in age. They are about 20 months apart. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, I promise. (laughs) That was very intentional because for as hard as it was in the beginning, and as much as I sort of questioned, like, oh my word, you know, I'm never doing this again. Or like, why do people even do this in the first place? When I could come out of that fog and when I started getting real with myself and, you know, challenging myself to be vulnerable with others so that I could, you know, really prove that I wasn't alone and that it, it just is a hard thing and it's a communal experience to have some of those struggles, I was so ready for it again. I wanted to do it again and I wanted to enjoy those first moments more, which, which I did because of, of, of getting real. So I want to ask you, Whitney, what... Just like you have said now twice, if you had just been prepared, you know, if someone had just told you these things ahead of time, you would have been able to enjoy the awesome moments even more. So are there any notes or tips or I don't know, just anything in general that you want to tell people like what can they expect when it comes to thoughts after giving birth? Because I know we're going to talk about other things and I definitely want your notes on, on those as well. But when it comes to thoughts, what should expecting moms or parents, both parents, be prepared for and and what is okay to feel. <laughs> right, right. You know, basically what I will say is that it's it's okay to feel anything in in those postpartum days. I think that there are a lot of resources that are wonderful, you know, for getting new moms and dads ready for babies to come, but I don't think that there was anything quite like what I had written. And so what I'm, you know, trying to tell people is you're going to have thoughts and you're going to have feelings that aren't always the rainbows and cupcakes. You're not always going to think that being a mom is perfect. And you're not always going to think in every moment, especially when you're super, super tired and super hormonal, that this is the best thing ever. But whatever you're feeling and whatever you're experiencing, my advice is just to you know anticipate that it's not always going to be perfect. And allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and share it. Um, I think, you know, finding community with others who have been through your struggles, finding, you know, community with a spouse or a support person or whoever it is, you know, just allow yourself to share so that whatever those feelings are, you can you can acknowledge them and then move on so that you can celebrate all of the, the good stuff. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And and that's just a huge part is really just recognizing I'm not a bad mom for thinking these feelings. Exactly. I'm recovering. I just gave birth for crying out loud. <laughs> like give myself a break. And I'm yeah. tired. I'm taking care of a baby. My body's going through all kinds of stuff. So it's totally okay and normal and you're not alone. I agree. I love that. So now that we talked about the thoughts <laughs> after you give, you know, after you're giving birth, there's so many things that happen to your body. And there are certain expectations oh <laughs> I think people think. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm just so ready to get this baby out. I'm so pregnant. Like, oh, I w- please come out, come out, come out. And there are uh-huh. certain expectations that may not align with the realities. So what were your expectations when you thought, oh, after I have this baby, what's your body oh, going to yeah. be going through? 
Oh, yeah. I think it goes back to what you had said at our opening, Nina, how we live in this like social media society where, yes. you know, we're just seeing like the the snapshots of, of the beautiful things and the, the put together things. We're not always seeing the mess. Like we are going to be seeing the picture of the rock star mom, you know, with her makeup on and her hair done. And I am not discrediting any moms who that is, because I think that is amazing if you can do that. But that's the stuff that we're going to see. What we're not going to see is a picture of like the floor the first time that mom gets out of the hospital bed and walks to the bathroom and leaves like a trail of goodness. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but my expectations, like, you know, I, I knew that I was going to be a little bit sore or like a little bit bloated for a while. But, you know, I thought that overall I would just, you know, feel beautiful and strong and, and celebrate my body for what it did. And I really thought that I was going to bounce back like really quick because I was an in-shape person before going into the, the delivery room. Yeah. And I think most people think that they're like, there are some women that I've met that think that they can wear their pre-pregnancy clothes when they leave the hospital. They think, oh, oh yeah. I'm going to give birth to my baby and yep. I just can bring my my old clothes finally back. And then I'm like, no, you're going to look about six months pregnant yeah. still. So definitely bring those stretchy pants and maternity clothes. <laughs> but oh, yeah. those expectations of, oh, this or, oh gosh, now I'm going to be able to just be able to nurse and everything's just going to go so great. And the realities, at least for me, were like, holy crap, I feel like my my body just got, I don't know, hit by a truck or like <laughs> I, I went through a car crash my hemorrhoids. Oh my God, no one talks about the hemorrhoids enough. No. I was sitting on a donut forever <laughs> and was spraying all the things on my butt to just try to heal. I had no idea that my hemorrhoids would hurt so bad. And I never had a hemorrhoid before pregnancy or yeah. birth at all. Yeah. So I was like, oh, these suck. They're terrible. And you're just deflated and you look at your body and you start seeing the the stretch marks that you maybe didn't see before and you're swollen uh, still. And as you said before, you're just leaking everywhere from your boobs with your milk coming in and your vagina because all of that lochia that's coming out. And yeah. you just, people don't, th there is a reason why they give you the size of a boat kind of pad to wear after delivery. And, you know, it just, people, people don't really realize that, man, your body has to now it just did something so incredible. And yes, we should celebrate how strong and amazing women's bodies are. And I do love that. That's why I attend births and help women. I think it's yeah, just yeah. the most amazing thing ever. But at the same time, it is okay to feel the the uncomfortable, even should I say, dare I say, pain after yeah. after delivery and being like, but that's okay. And the reason why, again, we're talking about this is so it's not so alarming. Once you give right. birth to a baby, you're like, oh man, they did warn me that I was going to be sore and tired and, and hemorrhoids right. and deflated and swollen and all of the things. Yeah. Now, I don't know, you know what your birth experience was. For me, my reality is both of my kiddos were born vaginally. So I don't have a lot of personal knowledge on C-section recovery, but both of my sisters have had several C-sections. So I've, you know, I've seen it both ways. Now that, you know, my sisters are a little bit more candid with me since I've written this book and we've kind of, you know, uncorked that figurative bottle. <laughs> I've heard some of their realities, you know, as well with, with C-section recovery, and I've been through the vaginal recovery myself. And like you said, like, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And in my opinion, it is the most beautiful experience in the world. 
but it's a it's a trauma. I mean, your body is going through a trauma. And so when you come out of it, you know, as a new mom, not only are you recovering from probably the biggest thing that your body has ever been through, but then you have to add to it all of the other stuff, the sleep deprivation and the hormones and all of that. So it's it's huge. It's it's huge. It's a, you know, a giant giant shift that you have to deal with. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And I same with me. I was blessed enough to have a vaginal birth. I had a home birth. I had a wonderful experience, but I have seen and have helped so many women yeah. also through C-sections. And yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, there is no... Uh, there is no easy way out whenever it comes to having a baby. Like you're recovering no matter what. And because some women, you know, when they're delivering vaginally, maybe they tore and they need to have stitches. Like just that alone can be, oh my gosh, stitches in your vagina not the most comfortable thing in the world. And then a C-section. Oh man. I mean, some women claim like, oh, my C-section recovery was so easy and wonderful and amen and kudos to you. That's awesome. But there are other women who struggle and had such a hard time with their cesarean recovery and still having maybe incision pain, even, even epidural pain in their back, or even, what do they call it? Like a spinal headache for months. I mean, there's so many things that you're recovering from on top of trying to take care of yourself, trying to do the things that you were doing before, but also trying to take care of a baby. And that's just, everything is so new. So yeah, Yeah. mamas, all the expectations are true when it comes to like, you're going to feel strong and amazing, but at the same time, you won't feel amazing. And you're going to be like, what body is this? Is this my body? You won't even recognize yourself, but... It, you exactly. will heal if you give yourself time and you will get better. I, I, what are your notes on that, Whitney? I agree. I think this was one of the areas when I was writing this book and just putting together my thoughts, you know, wanting to, to share all of these realities with moms to prepare them a little bit. I was a little nervous to put this in there because, number one, I shared a lot of personal information. Um, (laughs) If you read my book, you will learn way more about every part of my body than you could ever want to. But it's all funny stuff. But, yeah, like, you know, I was vulnerable. I was putting that personal information out there. But again, knowing that a big target of mine is for first-time expecting moms, I didn't want them to be horrified for what lies ahead because if you're listening to this and you're expecting, I don't, I don't want to burst your bubble, but you don't really have a choice whether or not the baby comes. The baby's going to come. So I was a little leery because, again, the, the big point here, it's not to frighten, it's not to scare, it's not to make anyone you know regret the decision that they made to become a parent. It's just to help you understand a little bit of what lies ahead. Yes, you know, the discomfort and and the dripping and all of that, but also because it all goes back to if you know that some of it's coming, if you can anticipate and expect some of the mess, then I think you will enjoy, you know, all of the good parts even more. And you'll be able to celebrate your body for the job that it's done even more. Absolutely. And I will tell you, it took my body probably like a good nine, 10 months to get back to normal, but I do now feel back to normal. So even though I was like, who is who is this? Whose body is this? I don't recognize any of this. It does take time with obviously exercise and good diet and mm-hmm. and time healing. <laughs> That's things do get better and there is a light at the end of the tunnel for sure. But yeah. now that we're talking we're talking about bodies. So breastfeeding, I think Whitney, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like this is where the most 
expectations really just that and sleep, I guess, are just not realistic at all. Because, yeah, I mean, even myself, and I've helped so many moms with breastfeeding as a birth doula, as a postpartum doula. I mean, getting that first latch, I was like, oh, I know exactly what to do. I've had training in this. I'm, I'm good to go. But as soon as my baby was put in my arms and I'm trying to, I, I had a different view. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't standing on the opposite <laughs> side. It was like, oh, this is my breast. This is my baby. Uh, this is all so different. But yeah, please share with me the expectations that you had when you first gave birth to your son. Oh my goodness. So I am going to tell you that hands down, <laughs> this was the biggest surprise to me. <laughs> it, it just was. My expectations were, you know, okay, so breastfeeding is quote unquote natural. So that means it's going to be the easiest choice. This is going to be beautiful. This baby is going to know how to latch. This is going to feel okay because, you know, I've been told if you do it right that it shouldn't be painful. You know, that this baby is just going to flourish and be getting lots of milk. Those are the things that I fully expected in being, or at least trying to be a breastfeeding mom. Oh, gosh. Ditto. I... I mean, I knew that, okay, I've seen some moms where it took like five days for their milk to come in. And I was like, okay, but I know that it's supply demand. Just keep putting that baby on there. Baby's then demanding more milk. It will come. It will happen. It's going to be all good. But even after a little bit of time, my nipples, oh my God, y'all, sorry, we're, we're going there. Yeah, we're, we're talking about the nipples. My son, when he latched on and was going after a couple, like day two, I felt like my boobs were on fire. Like my nipples were just <laughs> like, like some little, no, I don't know. It's not supposed to hurt at all. <laughs> I know. And that's what every lactation consultant I've ever worked with has always said, like breastfeeding, if you're doing it right, it should never hurt. And I agree. However, like also when your nipples are the size of pancakes and your baby's mouth is this tiny little thing and you're not, you're supposed to get more areola than just the nipple. And when they can't fit all of that in there, I mean, it is just the nipple sometimes and holy moly, it just can be so excruciatingly painful. But after time, I mean, I exclusively breastfed for six months. So I got there. I, I was able to do it, but it took a minute for us to get into the groove. But also it took a minute for him to grow. The bigger he got, the bigger his mouth got, and the more he was able to fit in. And it got easier for us. But when he had this tiny little mouth and my huge boobs, I mean, my boobs had never been bigger in my life. It just, and they felt like rocks, you know, you just, you figure out, oh, I need to go in the shower and massage my breasts. So then they're not so firm like hard apples because when they're that firm, he can't put as much of the breast in his mouth. And you just, you figure things out as you go. And luckily I had a lot of this knowledge beforehand, but I still had to kind of remind myself in those moments when, holy crap, this is hard. Like, am I doing this right? Is my baby getting any food? Like, ouch, that really hurts. And when you feel like you just fed the baby for 30 minutes, but then five minutes later, they want to eat all over again. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm doing it all wrong. So talking about, you know, them wanting to eat every five minutes, I think one of the things that I laugh about the most with expectations versus realities on breastfeeding was, you know, my husband and I, Jonathan and I, we we did 
you know, the birth classes and one entire childbirth class was dedicated to feeding your baby, you know, whether you chose breastfeeding or bottle feeding. And I remember the instructor saying, you know, that babies eat off and they eat every two to three hours. So in my naive, you know, non-mom brain, I remember thinking, okay, like, yes, every two to three hours is a lot, but, you know, I feed the baby and then I have two to three hours to get stuff done (laughs) or I feed the baby and then I have two to three hours to sleep or I feed the baby and then I have two to three hours to snuggle. But guys, that's that's not the reality. The reality is that that two to three hour window includes feeding time. And I don't know about you, Nina, but in the beginning, there were some feedings where until I was able to get a latch at all, you know, and feed on both sides, which you're supposed to offer both sides every time, there were times when feedings could take like 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, yeah. So then after the baby's done eating and you get baby changed. And you burped. Yeah. Like burped. Exactly. You feel like you're literally sitting down for five minutes until the timer goes off or until you look at the clock and like, oh, crap, I have to do this again. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. I mean, can I raise my hands up anymore? I'm like, amen. It's so Uh true. And people don't talk about that. It's the start of your feeding to the start of the next feeding is the two to three hour mark. And when they do cluster feeding, when they're going through a growth spurt, it could be even sooner than that. So actually, it is one on top of the other. So when you're like, oh, I, I can have that time to make myself a sandwich or do some laundry or take a shower. Shocking. You're like, no, I literally am feeding my baby all of the time. And the thing is, that's breastfeeding, but even bottle feeding, it's the same thing too. You are prepping that bottle, you're feeding the baby, burping, then you have to wash and sanitize. And again, as soon as you're done with all of that, then you're starting all over again with a brand new bottle. So if you think that we're making breastfeeding sound tough and unrealistic. No, it's tough no matter what you choose because it's yeah. it's that often. But I think when it comes to breastfeeding though, people think that it's just going to happen so naturally. Babies are going to just latch on. And at least my note is it's something that you both have to learn that baby has never 100%. done this. You've never done this. And you both have to just figure this out together. And even with a second baby, like you may have forgotten or maybe you'll remember a few little things, but this again, baby has never done this before. So baby has to kind of learn this yeah. new this new trick because they were being fed by their awesome, your awesome placenta. <laughs> but now yeah. not so much anymore. So so yeah, what are what are your tips or takeaways when it comes to breastfeeding for moms who are listening? Yeah. So I think, like I said, this was was really the biggest eye-opener for me. And I think for a lot of moms out there, to be honest, just because you do assume that natural means easy or easier, right? Um, and it, it's just not true. You know, one of the things that I remember being told in, or I don't even know if it was in that childbirth class, it might just be, you know, well-meaning individuals that talk to you about breastfeeding and try to encourage it saying, well, you know, breastfeeding is the easier choice because all you need is, you know, your breast and the baby. But there's there's so much other stuff that goes into it. Again, saying, you know, how my reality was vaginal deliveries. Well, my reality for both of my babies was either breastfeeding or pumping. So that is what I focus most on in my book. 
But like with Clark, you know, he being my firstborn had some struggles and latch. And I know you were saying about your nipples being the size of pancakes. Well, I had the opposite experience. I have very small and very short nipples. So we had to add, you know, all kinds of extra stuff with him, a nipple shield and a pump and and all of that. And even with Annie, you know, the second time around, you would think that it would have been a lot easier because I had been through it before. But like you said, you're, it's a new baby and, and a new learning experience. Totally. So I think what I want, you know, people to be prepared for and people to take away is just that regardless of what you do, regardless of whether you breastfeed your baby, regardless of whether you pump for your baby, regardless of whether you bottle feed your baby, nothing is wrong, first of all. Whatever decision that you make for your baby is the right decision. The most important thing in the end is just a healthy and fed baby and doing what is right for you. But also just know, like you said, that it's it's going to be work. It's going to be work because it's not just going to be this easy thing where you pop baby on there and, and all is good to go. There's going to be, you know, swelling, that time period of a couple of days when your milk is, you know, starting to be produced. So in the beginning, you're not going to be making a lot. There's just a lot of, you know, initial obstacles. But again, preparing for them and anticipating them knowing that it's going to be, you know, some hard work for both you and baby in the beginning, I think it just makes you feel like less of a failure and just help you realize that what you're going through is very, very typical and really is the, what I would say, the normal experience. I'm going to say, and, and you can probably speak to this a lot more because you have so much experience with, you know, moms all over the gamut, but I would like to say that the norm is probably not <laughs> easy peasy breastfeeding. I agree. And I don't think there's there's very few women that just, oh, their baby just latched on and everything was hunky-dory, you know, since then. No, most women have a learning curve and they realize how tough it is. They may, Maybe baby has a tongue tie or a lip tie and then they have to have that addressed. They have yep, a lactation. That, yeah. yeah. And they have to have a lactation consultant come over because maybe baby's not gaining enough weight at that point. So yeah, pumping or having to add supplements to baby's feeding schedule, uh, has to happen. So it's usually a learning curve for everyone. But then I think the whole moral of all of these points that we've said, the expectations that everyone tells you on social media or your friends because they don't want to scare you mm -hmm. and the realities that we're telling you, at the end of the day, everything that we're saying though, it's like so worth it. Like even though yeah. that was really hard and I still remember that pain that my breasts went through, I would do it all over again because it was totally oh, I worth I it. Heartbeat. Yeah. And yeah. and those moments and memories I I will cherish forever, even the tough ones. <laughs> right. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think I don't know if this is universal experience, but I think sometimes when you have to work hard for something, it makes the the payoff even more worth it. So and true. so I love that. I'm so glad you said yeah. that. It's amazing. Yeah, with Clark, as I, I talk about in my book, breastfeeding in the traditional sense never really panned out for him. So what I ended up doing because I went back to work full time after having him was pumping exclusively for a year, oh, uh, which you was are my hero, literally. <laughs> <laughs> if you read the book, you'll you'll get to see my list of ridiculous pumping stories. But no, with Annie, then I was so determined because pumping was such 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 a big job. I was determined to breastfeed her in the traditional sense as long as I had a good supply. And, you know, I'm going to say it probably took a good, like, 
six to eight weeks until we got to that point of like comfort for both her and I, where we could get, you know, a reliable latch every time without having to work so hard. So six to eight weeks of really hard work, but I'm telling you the payoff was so much better because some of my favorite, favorite memories with Annie, as crazy as this sounds, were like the overnight 4 a.m. feedings with her because it was quiet, because I got to just hold my baby and look at her and know that I was nourishing her and she was growing and she was comfortable. That stuff, in my opinion, was more valuable because I knew that I had to put effort into getting there. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so true. That's so true. (laughs) I remember those moments too with my baby and they really are precious. Even though in in those moments and you roll your eyes and get up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. But now once your little ones are running around, you're like, oh, if I could have only pressed pause (laughs) on that moment so I could cherish them holding this little baby in my arms. It's just so worth it. Mm-hmm, for sure. Okay, guys. Last point that I thought we had to touch on is sleep. You remember when you're in college and you thought, oh my gosh, all-nighters, no problem. You could just, you know, <laughs> you thought you were tired after like studying for an exam or whatever. You thought you knew what tired was. So yeah, Whitney, let's talk about the expectations versus realities when it comes to sleep and sleep deprivation when you're a new parent. Oh, yeah. I think we kind of surface level know what to expect here because one of the things that I mention in my book is we don't get really real on some of the like messy stuff and the hard stuff about becoming a parent. But one of the things that I do think we talk about kind of in a joking sense with new moms and dads when they're expecting is like, oh, you know, I hope you're not planning to sleep for a while. So we surface level know that we're going to lose sleep. I think most people, even those who are not parents, know that babies don't, you know, come out of the womb sleeping through the night and that you're going to lose some sleep. But oh, man, I expected to feel tired, but I also expected that my baby was going to sleep like all the time because, you know, there's that phrase sleep like a baby and you just think that's kind of what babies do is, is sleep. But oh my word, I did not know that it was possible to be so tired. (laughs) And I talk about this a couple of times in my book, that, that phrase that everyone says, you know, sleep when baby sleeps. You, you really can't because there's so much to do. There's, there's visitors lining up at your door. You have either, you know, a stack of pump parts or bottles that need to be washed or just dishes. You know, there are things that need to be done. So it, this part was especially tough. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, I cannot stress enough. I mean, I thought I knew too. I have done overnights for parents. I've helped parents with multiples overnights. And I thought, okay, I know what I'm signing up for. I know that I'm going to be tired. And I knew, I knew what to expect. But even in those moments of night after night, after night, after night, I just thought, oh my gosh, I've never been this tired in my life. Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to be tired, but I've never felt this type of exhaustion ever. And in those moments, no wonder we, you know, think crazy thoughts because we're just so dang tired and no wonder they use you know, uh, sleep or lack of sleep in other countries as a form of torture because, oh my goodness, you start going bonkers and you just, I mean, sleep is so crucial for for all of us and especially during recovery. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. it's, it's just 
crazy to think your expectation is, yes, I'm I'm going to be tired and I'm going to be up with a baby. But do you really understand what that is? What you just said and how how tired you're going to be. But no, I just think it's one of those things that until you have actually experienced it, you can't really know how true of an exhaustion it's going to be. But like what I encourage people here is just to to utilize whatever support it is that you have, because, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff that needs to get done or that would be nice if it could get done. And I don't mean this at all as a discredit to men or to partners who have not been the one to physically give birth because their exhaustion can be very, very real as well because they are also losing sleep. But I think for the mom who has actually delivered the baby, it's so much of a bigger thing because not only is she, you know, missing out on sleep because of baby, but she is also experiencing the hormonal changes as well. So mom, you know, whoever it is that you can rely on to help you and to just lighten that load a little bit, do it and and ask for help. Because especially if you're going to breastfeed, as we mentioned, you know, that's going to be a huge, huge, huge responsibility. And that is going to take up so much of your time that if it's not a feeding time and, you know, your support person, your husband, your mom, your sister, your friend, whoever, if they are offering to help you in some way that is tangible, like changing the baby's diaper or even just snuggling the baby while the baby is sleeping soundly just so that you can get a little bit of rest, take it. This is not the time for you to play hero. This is the time for you to utilize help in whatever way you can. I agree. And even if they don't offer help, ask for it. Yes, yes, yes. Do not be afraid to ask for it because sometimes, yes, your family member will say, how can I help? Or they think they're doing something that's helping, but it's actually not. Don't be afraid to ask for help and to be very like explicit on what kind of help you need on like, actually, can you do the baby's laundry? Like the baby just went through five outfits yesterday, or can you hold the baby while I take a shower? Or, Hey, can you pick up a coffee for me? I just, we ran out and I really need a coffee right now. Sometimes people just need some direction on what they can do to help and do not be afraid to ask for it. This is the time when you get that free pass that people get it and they are willing to help. So do not be afraid to ask. And just like Whitney said, if you have a mom, a friend, a sister who is able to help, that is awesome. I was very blessed to have my mom come and help for two weeks with my baby. that's awesome. It was amazing. She she did everything during the day and then she would leave at night and I would do the night shift. But it was so nice to have that type of help, especially when my husband went back to work. But yeah. if you do not have that kind of help, find it. Like, mm-hmm. there is there a church that you go to? Is there a support group that you can join? Can you hire a postpartum doula? I mean, if you do not have someone in your family to help you there, there is help out there. You just have to find it. And I highly recommend people are planning for birth and going to childbirth classes and really planning for for the delivery part. And I always say that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But that is only one or two or three days long. Motherhood is the rest of your life. And those first couple months are really challenging because you're, again, recovering and needing to go through so much. 
that is what we need to be preparing for just as much as labor and delivery. So thinking about that and preparing for a plan and who can help you and having all of that set up before baby comes, I think is is key. I do too. I think, I know that I've said it a few times already, but I just think that that is what I was really going for here. Like a lot of people are, you know, blessed and fortunate to have spouses or, you know, family members that they can be close with. But if they don't have that, you've got to find somebody. You've got to find somebody that you can get real with and somebody that you can acknowledge some of this hard stuff with because that's the only way that you're going to to realize that you're not alone. And it, it's, you know, it's because of the sleep deprivation, because of the hormonal changes, just because of the change in your lifestyle. When you go from not being a parent to being a parent, you need to feel supported. You need to feel understood and you need to just realize that others have been there and, you know, have felt the same way and had those same experiences. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Whitney, this has been awesome. I have to say, thank you so much for shedding light on something that really isn't talked enough about. And I think that's why you said it inspired you to write your book, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, this this wasn't always an easy book for me to write. Yes, I do bring a lot of humor, fortunately, and a lot of light into some of those dark places. But in order for me to do that, in order for me to to help new parents, I had to get pretty raw and pretty real and pretty vulnerable here. I shared a lot of things that I had never shared with anyone before. And, you know, I didn't take any of that lightly. I, I don't want to scare people. I don't want people to ever, ever, you know, have doubts or second thoughts about the wonderful ride that being a parent is. But I chose to go here and I chose to share this because I think that if we can expect the chaos and expect the mess, we can savor the beauty. Oh, I love that. I so, so totally agree. Well, Whitney, I thank you so much for jumping on here to chat all about motherhood and really diving into what we think it's going to be like, but the sometimes not so beautiful realities and that it's okay to have these feelings and to know that we're not alone. So I so appreciate that you wrote this book and that you're jumping on here so more more moms can hear this message so they know where to find you. You guys, again, Whitney wrote this book. It's called Partly Sunny. You should go check it out. I had so much fun chatting with you. And (laughs) thank you so much for having me, Nina. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, of course. And we're going to be posting this episode on our Facebook page. So if you guys have any comments or questions, please be sure to add them in the comments. We'll be answering them as as we can. But also be sure to subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, Pinterest, or Instagram at the Baby Chick. You also have any questions, just be sure to reach out to us. And of course, go to our website, www.baby.com. Thanks guys and have a great one.